Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. If you don't remember anything else about what happens this morning, what I'm about to share with you in the next few minutes is the most important information I'll ever share. That everything that we do from this moment on, if I don't share this part, that I've not done justice to the service. The most powerful decision a person can make in their life is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal and Lord and Savior. The most important decision a person can make is come to the place in their lives where they finally say, Lord, I give you my sin, I give you my heart, I give everything about me. I confess to you that you are Lord God and master of my life. That is the most important decision that you'll ever make. And the most powerful thing is this, that this morning in this place right here is the safest place you'll ever make that decision. This is the place to make that decision. Now, some of you might be looking at me and saying, Gary, I, 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 I did that. Let me tell you something, and this is true. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. You can be in here all day, go, you can go in the garage and go, brum, brum, brum. That does not make you a car. That makes you crazy. You come to a place. You can't inherit salvation. Just because you hang around your parents, just because you hang around Christians, that doesn't make you one. It is an individual decision that you say in your heart, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And if you're here this morning, maybe a friend brought you, maybe you've just found your way here, I don't know. But if you're here this morning and you don't know, you don't have that insurance of the gospel in your heart, the most powerful thing you can do is before you leave this church that you make that decision. And before this service ends... I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. How many of you would agree that would be a pretty good thing to do in this church? Anybody here? Has anybody made that decision? Anybody here make that decision, right? That is, that is critical to everything that we do, is that people come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing more powerful than what? The gospel of salvation. That's everything. And now for the message. What I'm about to tell you in the next few minutes is not for everybody in this room. I'll be honest with you. It's not for everybody. But I guarantee you this, it's for somebody in this room. It's for somebody here. I don't know who that person is. I don't know who those people are. Only God knows that. But I do know this, that over the years that I've been preaching the gospel, I have found out this, that when you release the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and you release your personal control over something because your personal fear, when you release that to the power of the Holy Spirit, anything is possible in a service. Anything is possible. And so as this service goes, you, be, you need to begin to check yourself out. You might say, man, I need a healing. It might be happening right now. We don't even know. Just check it out. You might be here this morning and say, man, I'm going through more hurt than I've ever. I, have more so, I came in here so angry. 
check yourself out before you leave. Yet that, that might have been dealt with. You don't know because there is an anointing that's going from this side of this auditorium and is sweeping from this side of the auditorium like a wave to this side back and forth. There is an anointing. This church was founded on the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. Nothing is more powerful than the releasing of self so that you come into that place where you say, Father, I give you full and complete authority over my life. How many of you love change? Apparently, there's nobody here this morning. How many of you love change? Don't you just love it? Don't you love it? Don't you love that fact that change doesn't even ask your permission? He doesn't say, hey, I got a little warning that's coming your way. Got a change coming. How many of you know the older you get? You don't even know if change happened. <laughs> I, don't do, I don't do FaceTime Live. Ha <laughs> no way. I like to live in the spirit of deception. I get on FaceTime Live. Ah! Who is that old man? It's me. We have change that happens all the time. Some of you have had change that's happened this week to you. You weren't expecting it. It just showed up. Change is amazing. Change is a guarantee. We have to go through what? Change. But how many of you know it's not the change that becomes important. It's how we what? Respond to that change. I don't. I don't know what's going on on the planet. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's why I love being older. Being older is so amazing. I would never want to be younger anymore. I've seen what it's done to you. You poor young people. You think we don't know what we're talking about? That's because we don't talk about it. Young people, and, and they're like this, and, 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 and they think a text, a text, it's a relationship. He broke up with me. Are you serious? Yeah, look. And, and change happens at the speed of thought now. How many of you understand what I mean? Let me tell you, back in the day. Back in the day, we used to write letters. A letter. Some of you are looking at me going, Huh? Yeah, I used to use a pen, so we'd write letters, and they had a thing called longhand. Now you have thumbs. We'd write letters. After you write the letter, then we didn't erase things. We'd just cross out the word. Then we'd keep writing. Misspell, we didn't have any spell check. We didn't know what we were doing. We just did it. And look how you turned out. <laughs> then we take the letter and we address it. Address it. No, we didn't speak to it. We write and then we put a stamp on it. How many of you remember? Then you go down to the post office. What about a mailbox? Maybe. We didn't know. And you'd mail it. And then something happened after you mailed it. 
you'd have to wait. I know, it's an incredible concept. You'd wait. I would write letters to my girlfriend during the summer. I'd meet her, and then after the summer, I'd write her letters. And wait. And I'd keep waiting. It was the stupidest thing I ever did in my life. Is waiting. It's a hard thing. Change is difficult. But I'm going to tell you something. Change is necessary. Change must take place. And when it comes to a church, and I hear this, and just remember, the message today, this is not a, I didn't microwave this message to serve it to you. This is fresh bread for this church. This is, no, no, you didn't get that. That's, this is fresh bread for this church. I prayed. I said, God, give me a fresh word for this church. This isn't microwave. This isn't something you go up the street and you preach at the next church. This is for this church at this time in history for this place. And for some of you, you're not going to like it. And that's okay. I'll still sleep through the night. I remember giving an altar call one time. And after I gave the altar call, this woman comes up to me and she was mad. You've seen them, right? You've seen them, the mad saints. These people are crazy, man. She goes walking up to me. She got No, you're, don't bump people. Some of you are going, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not nice. And she comes walking up and she goes, I just want you to know. I go, oh my gosh, I'm thinking, God, I'm not married to you. She goes, I just want you to know. I go, what? She goes, I didn't like the way you gave that altar call. I did not appreciate that. And I go, well, how do you give them? All right, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's just, let's stay in the word. <laughs> Some of you, you should have seen your faces. That, no, this, this congregation, this is priceless this morning. Because I, I woke up in a really bad mood. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. All right. If you have your Bibles, how many of you have a Bible this, this is called a Bible. No, no, let me help you. This is a Bible. Your phone is not a Bible. It has a Bible on it. This has nothing else on it. I can't make a phone call with this. I can't go online with this. I can't look at stuff I'm not supposed to off with it. How many of you know we need to learn how to get our Bible? Get a Bible. Amen? Get yourself a Bible. Some of you are going, he is so old-fashioned. I'm sorry that I'm old-fashioned. But I'm going to tell you, there's things you could do with this that you should just be doing with this. Amen? So get the Word of God in your hearts. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. It should be up on the screen. John, you're amazing, John. Thank you, John. I love you, John. You're shorter than me, John. Okay, so let's go on. Deuteronomy 34, starting in verse 5. Perfect. 4. Well, 34, 5. I got it. Okay. Ready? And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died in Moab. As the Lord said, he buried him. 
He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite of Beth Peor. But to this day, check this out, but to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Verse 7, Moses was 120 years old. Hello? (laughs) He was 120 years old when he died. Now check this part out. Yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. So apparently, you don't have to be sick to die. Oh, you guys are so much fun today. What? Do what? He was 120 years old. Why did he die? Because he climbed Mount Moab. What's he doing? What's he doing climbing a mountain at 120 years old? He should have died. 120 years old, right? Verse 8. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Here's the key. Until the time of weeping and mourning was over. (laughs) Let me tell you something about, about this scripture. Moses was the leader prior to Joshua. Moses led powerfully. There were things that happened in the life of Moses that was absolutely unbelievable. But God knew that the children of Israel, if they knew where Moses was buried, guess what they would do? They would go back instead of going forward. They would continue to go back even after the man was dead. They would go back to what was what? Familiar. What they felt right about. What they knew. What became what? Comfortable for them. They would go back even though there wasn't even a grave there. They still mourned the death of Moses. They mourned the death of a man with even, not even a body or a grave. The Bible says that they mourned for 30 days, and then the Bible says, then the time of mourning was over. Now turn with me and look at Joshua, and look at Joshua 1 And look at 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2. After the death of Moses. Now remember, Joshua had just mourned the death of Moses how many days? 30 days. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, which I always thought that would be a drag, to be the son of Nun. Who are you the son of Nun? Wow. Okay. Anyway. Moses is eight. Then in verse 2 he says this. First thing that God says to Moses. Moses, my servant, is what? Dead. I want you to think about this. Joshua had been mourning the death of Moses for 30 days. The first thing that God says to Joshua, the new leader, he says, by the way, Moses is dead. Have you ever wanted to go, duh? Do you understand For 30 days, he mourned that Joshua mourned. He went there. He wept. He mourned the death of Moses for 30 days. But the first thing that God tells him was this. What do you need to do? You need to understand that Moses is dead. Do you know why? Because Moses was dead in Joshua's mind, but he was still alive in his heart. He was still alive here. He couldn't let go of the very thing that he had to let go of in order to move forward as a leader. 
And I'm going to be straight up with you. There's people I meet every single day in the church that I love dearly because I'm not here to beg on the church. I think churches are the most amazing thing that God has ever put together. You are all phenomenal. But the one thing that keeps you and I, and the older we get, we get sick in our ways. We've always done it this way. That's why your life is so little. That's why it shrinks so tiny. That's why you'll die probably alone. Because your God has to come a time in your life where you go, you know what? The way we used to do it is dead. There's, a, there's something new that God is doing, and we've got to participate in it. And so he finally says, he goes, Joshua, Moses is dead. Then he says this right after. Now... Therefore, every one of us in this room has a Moses that needs to die. There's not a person in this room that you don't have a Moses inside of you that you keep going back to. Might be an unforgiveness, a hurt, disappointment. Somebody didn't treat you right. Guess what? I hear this all the time. The church hurt me. Well, get in line. Get in line. You want to come to a perfect church? Don't show up. As soon as you walk through the door, imperfection has shown up. There's one thing we all have in common here. Look around this room. Every single person is dysfunctional. Look around this room. How many of you come from a dysfunctional family? Raise your hands. Get them up, get them up. My daughter, you can raise your hand. Let me tell you something. If you did not raise your hand, you're not only, you're not only dysfunctional, you're delusional. <laughs> the Bible says that all have sinned and what? Fallen short. We start off. <laughs> That's how we start. How many of you are raising a dysfunctional family right now? Raise your hand. Be proud. Be proud. Go ahead. Joshua could not lead. He could not go forward until he reckoned inside. The old ways don't matter anymore. I'm not saying that, that heritage isn't important. I'm not saying it. But what matters to a church is not what man thinks. It's what God thinks. It's not how people feel about the church. Oh, I just feel this way. I don't care how you feel. God has never asked for your opinion. So why do you keep giving it? Oh, some of you looking at me right now. You're not leaving. I'll call you out, man. First thing you understand about me, my family knows this. I'm not stable. <laughs> no, I'm, I never claim to be. God has never used a stable person. Right, Gary? <laughs> Gary, Pastor Gary, and Raquel. I got to stop just for a second. Um, and I got to say this. Uh, you are two of the most loving, caring, personable, loyal pastors I've ever met in the 40-something years that I've been doing this stuff. Um, I, 
Unfortunately, I tried on your humility. It didn't fit. You want to throw down, bro? I'm ready. It doesn't matter to me. I'm falling in love with this church. These are my people, man. These are my people. But you guys, let me tell you something. Um, God has given you a spirit of brokenness and humility that few pastors have in this nation. And at your age, for that kind of thing to be developed is amazing. I, when I read the fact that Joshua was Moses' aide, and you were an aide to a pastor for eight years, I got goosebumps inside. And I want to say from my heart to you guys, get ready. Get ready. Be strong and courageous, because what's about to happen to the two of you is going to absolutely not only blow your mind, it's going to blow the mind of this nation. And I just want to say that. This is just between us. And uh, I'm honored that you would have me come and verbally abuse the congregation for a few minutes. So, Can I ask, do you love these two? Do you love these two? You owe me, Gary. You stick it on me. Verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you shall, you, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. Here's what's important about this. When God spoke to Joshua to cross the Jordan, he said, take all of the people. I'm honestly, I'm getting a bit irate how we have divided the body of Christ. We have separated and segregated the body of Christ to the point where there is so many special interest groups, it blows my mind. Can I tell you something? All of us are part of the body of Christ. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, what your race is. God doesn't see any of that. Man sees it. Man wants to make all the divisions. Can I tell you something? The power of the body of Christ is when we come together, not in political opinions, but in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, saying, Jesus, be Lord of the church. If you agree with that, let me hear it. Come on. That's where it's at. That's the Spirit of God. That's right. When people say to me, well, you know, Gary, God is just shrinking. He's just shrinking the church. He's weeding it out. He's weeding it out. Are you out of your mind? Who are you? You're just telling me how much you don't know. Is that what you do with your family? You just have family members? You go, you know, we're going to weed you out. Yeah, you too. We don't write. We don't like. You're being weeded out. Can I tell you something? Too many, too many Christians are coming to church and they're not feeling welcomed because they have to fit in. Nobody should ever. Nobody should ever have to walk into a church and find a place. A church, when they see a person coming to, should wrap their arms around them and say, you never have to fit in to us. We will fit in around you. 
I'm being... Because people come to a church and many times they use the exit door as the front door to nowhere. And when God begins to take a church as he's taking Bakersfield First Assembly, he's not just taking some of the people to the next place. He's not just taking some of you. He wants to take what? All of you. He wants all of us to cross the Jordan together. Well, I don't know, Gary. Things have really changed around here. I know it's not like the way you want it to be anymore. Thank God. Thank God. We've all sacrificed for this church. Don't get me wrong. Some of you wrote some big checks. I get it. Some of you got some major. We know who you are. You let us know. But can I tell you something? Even though we've all sacrificed for this church, not a single person in this place paid for it. The only person that paid for the church, the people in this church, is the Lord Jesus Christ by the blood of that dropped from Calvary's cross. It's the sweat that came off his body. The only one who paid the price for first assembly of God in Bakersfield is Jesus. And he's the only one that should get all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the credit. And if you believe that, make this place rock. Come on. Make some noise. That's what this is. Boom. I'm old, but I'm not dead. I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. What's the difference? Here's a quote. What's the difference between transition and transaction? Because I hear this all the time in the church. Um, We're going through transition. We're going through transition. You don't even have a clue what you're talking about. You're going through transaction. You know what transition is? Let me explain to you. Transition is when the culture changes. It's when the culture of the place changes. And after the culture changes, you make up some rules. We all thought, we got to have rules. We call them doctrines. Whatever you want to call them, they're rules. Most doctrines in churches came out of men's fears and anxieties. So, so when a church is going through a transition, the culture, the People go through a change. When you go through a transaction, all you do is bring on people that will make sure that your church stays the same. You just bring people on that are like you. By the way, when was the last time a sheep voted for a shepherd? Let me try that again. (laughs) Because some of you are ready to throw me out of this building. Go ahead. I'm not stable. I'll hurt you so bad. I'll make you, I mean. First assembly of God needs a shepherd. No, let me try that again. Needs a shepherd that the sheep respect and love and care about. They need somebody that becomes a prophetic voice for the future of this church. They need somebody that can stand in this pulpit and not share nice stories, but preach under the authority and power of the Holy Ghost, no matter what people think. Their conviction runs so deep. Their conviction runs so deep that a few people do not tell them what to do. They go by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in all humility of the Spirit of God. Bakersfield, this campus, if you look around... 
This camp is, is absolutely amazing. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, look at, look at all the buildings. Buildings. Look at all the buildings. We have to be very careful. <laughs> Gary, this is my probably where everybody will I'll be exiting. We left the car running, so... I've been in churches that were once movements that became museums. They became monuments to what once was instead of what is. I believe that Bakersfield First Assembly of God is in a transition, not a transaction. I believe that God is changing the very fabric of this culture. And for many people, it will be uncomfortable. I'm serious. But I'm telling you one thing, and you better stop swallowing this lie. And here's the lie. Older people, those older people, ask the older people. They get in the way. We need young people in this church. Really? Have you been around young people? (laughs) Have you been around the millennials? These people are freaky. I'm sorry, uh, Alex and Nicole, but you don't go to this church, so I can say whatever I want to say. Here's the idea. It's not about older and younger. It's about a mindset. It's where your mind is. It's where your heart is. It's when you, what do you do with an old warrior That has a young spirit. I don't want to get on a bus and go to circus circus. I don't want to go to a potluck. I don't want to go and help in the parking lot with a vest. I want to hold a sword. I'm going to fight the enemy. I'm going to pray for the sick. I'm going to see people delivered by the power of God. I want to have an altar call that changes and alters people's call there's nothing old about me except what you see on the outside but praise God God doesn't look what's on the outside bro he sees what's on the inside and if you could see what was on the inside of me it would scare the life out of you (laughs) no amen honestly I don't need your applause a standing ovation would be awesome though In closing, which means nothing. I just thought I'd say that to you. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Joshua 6 and 7. It's Joshua 1, 6 and 7. Did I read that yet? I don't even know where I am. It doesn't matter. 6 and 7 says this. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to to give them. Verse 7, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey the law of my servant gave you. Over and over again, he says, be strong and courageous. Listen, Gary, Pastor Gary, you don't have to be strong and courageous if you're going to do business as normal or as usual. I'm begging you, don't. Please don't. Don't, don't, don't do business as usual. Hear the Father's voice no matter what. Follow him. I gotta, I've got to close. I've got to close this. No, no, don't clap. It takes too much time up. Okay. 
Uh, look at this. Look at, there's a, um, oh, yeah, I've got, Gary, you with, or Johnny, you with me? Uh, next scripture is uh, Joshua 3, and then 1 through 4, and then I'm done. Here we go. Sharice, how am I doing, babe? I'm good. We'll talk later. No, we won't. We will not talk later. Okay. How many of you guys say, no, you don't want to talk later? Okay, here we go. Turn to Joshua 3 and look at 1 through 4. They're getting ready to cross the Jordan. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out for Shidem and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing, verse 2. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you will move out of your positions, verse 4. Then you will know which way to go, here's a key, since you've never gone this way before. When Joshua took over leadership, he was 85 years old. Think about that. And the first thing he said to the priest, you go first. The death of a church is when anybody ever says, we've never done it that way before. We, we've always done it this way. That's, that's the death. Because even Joshua said, you've never gone this way before. So he sent the Levitical priest out first. Leaders, if you're a leader in this church, you get to go first into the Jordan. Into the Jordan. Now, by the way, the word Jordan simply means fast flowing. <laughs> and the timing of the crossing was at harvest. Isn't timing wonderful? It was at the most impossible time for the children of Israel. You, you don't want to cross the Jordan, which was a fast-flowing river anyway, at the time of harvest. Because at the harvest time, the river was not only fast, it was deep and dangerous. Can I tell you something? God is calling the leaders here in this church to begin to carry the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. Carry the Ark. Carry the presence of God into a place of absolute impossibility in order to create a possible way. He's calling, a, he's calling the priest that, that I'm a leader. You are? Are you really a leader? Yes. Then get into the Jordan. Because the Bible says when all of the priests were in the water, that God would part the water back. I got it. Ready? They did not carry the Ark of the Covenant from side to side like this. They had to carry the Ark of the Covenant, a priest here, priest here, priest here, priest here, priest here. So the guys in the back had it easy. But what about the guys in the front? What about the guys who were carrying the ark of the, the presence of the Lord and they kept going in? Guys in? Guys in yet? Are you in? No? Okay, keep going. All right. You guys in? No, no, no. Keep going. All right. You guys in? No. Keep going. Because to lead in transition simply means that sometimes you've got to get a place where the water is touching your chin, but you're still willing to take one more step. And when you get into that river, the leaders, the Bible says that they had to stand still while all of Israel passed them by. 
And sometimes as leaders, we feel that God is calling us to stand and everybody else is passing us by. We feel that. Well, why? How come I don't feel like I'm being used? How come? I, can I tell you something? There's times when God just tells us to stand as leaders and say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to stand, but the manifestation of me standing is people are moving forward into the presence of God. So talk about standing. I want you all to stand right now. I'd like our music to come forward, if they would. I'm quite aware that you have so many places you've got to go right now. I understand the urgency. But I understand this too, that, that, that where this church is right now, it's way too important to just skim through another quick sermon. There are men and women in here that God is calling you Yeah, you who've had a heritage here forever. You who have have seen changes come and go in this church. You who have seen pastors come and leave. Those of us in this room who who paid the price, you have this heritage. And you're going, what are we going to do now? Where do we go now? How do we move forward now? Those of us in this church who, who've been here for years and years that God is speaking to and he's saying to you, I need you to be willing to step out into that place of impossibility, out of your comfort zone, out of the way we've always done it, out of this is the way it is, and into a place where we say, God, whatever you want, and I truly mean that, I let go of my control. I let release everything, Lord, that I believe brings me tremendous security. And Lord, I release it. And I say, Father God, whatever you want, I am willing to release, Lord. So that Bakersfield First Assembly of God never, ever becomes a museum. But becomes a movement that literally shakes the city. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. I told you earlier that you might be one of the ones here that, that you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your heart. You might be one of those who, maybe somebody brought you, came by yourself, but you don't know for sure that as you stand here right now, that when you leave this building, that Jesus Christ is living in you. You, you. you maybe even said a little prayer at some point, but you've walked away. There was a time when you were living for the Lord and you walked away. And God's calling you back. This is your moment. You're not here by accident. God brought you here this morning. You're here on purpose. This is your destiny. People are praying for you right now. So if you're here with every head bowed and eye closed, if you're here and you're saying, Gary, I'm telling you, I want to get right with God. I want to get this person. I want, I don't care who cares. I want to get right with God. The Bible says, if you will confess Jesus before men, women, you will, that he will confess you before his heavenly father with every head bowed and every eye closed. 
I'm going to ask you to do something. And by doing it, you're acknowledging that you are that person that would love to know that when they leave here, Jesus is living in your heart. So right now, with everybody praying, if you're here right now and you're saying, I want Jesus, I want to know for sure that Jesus is living in my heart. No more games, no more games, but I want to know right now. Then put your hand up real quick right now. Get them up. All over, all over. Look, hands are going up everywhere. Get them up high. Get them up high. Don't be ashamed. Get them up high. High. Up in the balcony. Get them up. Get them up high. Get them up high. Higher. Higher. Get them up high. High. Hands are everywhere. Hands are everywhere. Hands are everywhere. All right. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Be bold. Be bold. Remember, this is between you and the Lord, nobody else. If your hand is up, I challenge you right now, if your hand is in the air, then I want you to quickly get out of your pew, and I want you to come down here and join me. Quickly, if your hand is up, I don't care. You say, I, people think I was saved. Get up here. Come on. And you give them a hand as they come. Give them, come on, encourage them. Help them. Help them come down. Come on. Come on. Over here. Come on. Right over here. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.